Hi, it's Tom Werman, and you're watching CMS TV. It's Saigon Hick right here on your classic metal show from the Lizard release with Hostile Youth. And uh, were you aware that uh, a version of uh, Saigon Hick is going to go out and tour? I saw this online and I read it and I got a good chuckle out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, the way that it's written is actually pretty funny, which is yeah. why I'm bringing it to the table because... Sure. Uh, because it's kind of silly and funny, but uh, our friend Phil Verone is uh, involved with this. Yes, yeah, so lock up your wives. Yeah. Now, have you been keeping up with him at all as far as like, you know, what he's doing? Because I know, you know, he was, he did that little documentary thing where he was kind of all fucked up and with Skid Row and then he was doing stand up. He was pursuing some kind of stand-up uh, comedy yeah it was like dirty th something yeah i mean he he tried like adult comedy or something and that didn't fly and then he tried regular comedy and i, I don't know what he's doing i guess he's waiting for the call and the call came from jason beeler apparently yeah so uh yeah i'm looking for that press i had that press release hanging out here and now it's missing where the hell did it go um, ba, 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 ba. Well, damn it. Can't believe if I, well, it's I, turned into a thing. Are you aware that it's turned into a thing? No, I wasn't aware. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll, I can short, short talk it and then I'll tell you the thing that emerged. So they put out a press release saying that they're, they were going to tour the 30th anniversary of the water album. Okay. Which is the album after Matt Kramer left and Jason Beeler took over as the singer. Right. And uh, they're going out. It's it's Jason and Phil and whoever else. I don't know who else is in it. I think maybe Chris McLaren is, is in it as well, who was in Saigon Kick at some point, but I don't think he's like the original guy. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Saigon Kick. But what I do know is that when this... Um, when <laughs> fucking ooze. Verone's involved, lock up your grannies. <laughs> I found the press release. But right, well, ahead. you read the press release, and then I'll read this thing. All right. 30th anniversary tour of Water, which is what Chris just said. Jason Beeler and Phil Verone, with much vim and vigor, yet also reluctantly announce a celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Water album and other assorted Saigon kick music. While not technically a farewell tour, nor a reunion, if you know anything about Saigon Kick, there is a solid 74 to 78.4% chance that this will never happen again. Phil and Jason represents 50% of the original Saigon Kick lineup, which in some cases is 100% more original members than those other legacy bands are touring with. Lots of truth to that. No. Actually, since this is a celebration of the water record, and then by uh, Saigon, by then Saigon Kick was a three piece, you are actually getting 66.6% .6 of the original lineup of that record. So let's call it 
Jason and Phil are both confident that they will be operating at least 95% capacity of their previous mentioned collective 50% share for 98% of the shows, but promise no less than 85% at any given show. 100% of the time. Right. <laughs> Please keep in mind that they both feel that they are functioning at their highest level, so we can optimistically estimate that they will be 30% better than when you last saw them. If you ever seen them, you will have to do your own math. This is no small part due to the audition of Stephen Gibb, who could mention that he played with Zach Wilde and Crowbar, but then we would sound like name droppers. Stephen was the original member of Saigon Kick Reunion shows seven to ten years ago, so he's not technically an old-school original from the 1991 originals, but if you first experienced Saigon Kick show in Chicago in 2015 to you, Stephen is an original member. Although Phil was not there, but Jonathan Mover was yet was yet he never played on any Saigon Kick albums, but he did play with Aretha Franklin, but we digress. <laughs> As we have clearly stated above, this is not a reunion. It's more of a special evening of Saigon Kick music. Think of it as a sizable and assorted gaggle of the members of Saigon Kick and non-members, depending on your vantage point, performing the music of Saigon Kick as a tribute to themselves. Ironically, it will be the first ever performance of Phil with Steven, we can only hope that they will be playing the same songs at the same time. Honestly, it's just too soon to know. <laughs> there could be, there could come a time down the road when another member joins them, but they cannot commit to any concrete numbers as their effort levels. So let's uh, call that a 50, 50 chance of their personal median effort. There is also a hundred percent chance that some of the members will never be asked nor want to perform. So for all of you off-track betters, those odds are 110%. <laughs> some, some computational efforts are still in the works, for example. If a founding member returns, would that also count as 25%? Is a replacement member for the original member worth 12.5%? What if there were special guests? What value do we assign? If they add a new unknown player who is good-looking, youthful, and passionate, how do we even begin to do the math? The tour will see expected stops in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York City, and other major cities, as well as international stops in Asia and Europe. Lots to be figured out, as you can see, but a handful of very special shows will be happening this year, so we're 99% sure of that. Jason Beeler has been busy with the award-winning Baron Von Bielski Orchestra, which has seen him become a favorite of Prague fans around the world. The albums have featured everyone from Devin Townsend to Butch Walker, Bumblefoot to Clint Lowry, Lowry uh, Marco Miniman to Benji Webb, and many, many others. A new BVBO album is ready in the works for the fall of 2024 release. Uh, expected followed by an extensive tour along with Saigon kick Phil Verone played drums and toured with Prunella scales, Skid Rove, it's Neil band, Bobby Kimball of Toto, Gene loves Jezebel and Jakey Lee's red dragon cartel. That's right. Steven Gibb has been uh, focused on his new band kill the robot and was, has played with black label society crowbar as well as, 
his father, Barry Gibb. So there's your BGs, your BGs tie in. And so as of today, the confirmed dates are March 22nd in Flint, Michigan at the machine shop up in, uh, hairball John's area, uh, March 23rd in Wyandotte, Michigan at district 142, which that's a suburb of Detroit and here in the Chicago land area at Reggie's. There you go. So I'm sure you'll be attending. It might be worth it. I don't know. Well, a couple things come out of this thing. First of all, it is very funny that Verone lists his Red Dragon cartel time. Because wasn't he in that for like one show and then he quit? Yeah, I think it was one show and out. Yeah, he like did one show and said, now I'm retired. Yeah, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that he lists that on on his resume. You know, that part is funny. The other part, which is what's going on now, that press release, which 1000% came out of Jason Beeler's head and is hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. It's fucking great. But it sparked online feud between Jason and the guy that I'm sure he was referencing as 100% not showing up at any of these shows. Singer Matt Kramer, the original vocalist of of the band. So this this was this actually turned into a whole thing. Yeah. Let me share the screen here. Where are we at? Saigon Kick. So here it is. Ex Saigon Kick singer Matt Kramer blasts former bandmates over upcoming anniversary tour. Jason Beeler, of course, fires back. This is fantastic. All right. Former Saigon Kick singer Matt Kramer has blasted guitarist vocalist Jason Beeler and drummer Phil Verone for their recent announcement that they were planning to embark on a tour celebrating the 30th anniversary of the band's third album, Water. Released in September 93, Water was the first Saigon Kick album to feature Beeler on lead vocals following the departure of Kramer earlier that year over what has been described as financial and creative issues. Joining Beeler during the LP's recording session were Verone and bassist Chris McLernan. On January 9th, the day after Beeler and Verone announced their plans to hit the road in celebration of water, Kramer took to his Facebook to write. He went to Facebook, so you know it's good. Well, yeah, of course it's on Facebook. It's it's gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what Matt Kramer had to say. My inbox is getting flooded congratulating me about the new Saigon kick tour. The tour is not including me. It's the 30th anniversary of Jason funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars of my personal publishing money that was demanded I not touch into the band so he could squeeze me out of the band after I sang a top 12 pop hit launching the band's gigantic hit then meticulously left me absolutely penniless and confiscated all of my gear so i couldn't even do writing sessions for a new project is this the snake man (laughs) sounds like he got totally fucked here right right immediately following to go on to record the water record and steal my vocal style mimicking me trying to pass it off as if i never left the band with the vocal sound I created for Saigon kick. First, he stole all my money, 
Then he stole my job. And the fact that he sings exactly like me is the ultimate robbery and a perfect example of why being a thief and absolute backstabbing maniac makes you win in the music business. He continued, zero respect for anyone on that tour. Definitely bitter, but it's more about the transparency. 30 years later, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Support the good ones, root out the evil. (laughs) Now, here's my couple of questions, because I am going to just say straight up, I was never in the Saigon kick camp. They're okay? I remember when Lizard came out, I I was driving a truck. I was Mm -hmm. was an over-the-road trainer at the time. Yeah. And I had a guy, uh, one of my students, with me, and that album came out. I had bought it. I had a CD player in the truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played the shit out of that first record. You, you know? liked it? Yeah, I, I liked it. It was just okay. because at the time, you got to remember that the Nirvana wave was was in at that time. Mm-hmm. And this was refreshing, straight ahead, just kind of regular hard rock. See, I always thought of them as one of the first bands to be alternative. Nah, I, I didn't see them. I mean, if you like they like that big hit they had that love is on the way let's find that let's hear that love is on the way now that's not beeler though right that's no that's that's kramer Kramer. yeah it's the first album it's it was you know that's they they were still playing that type of music on the radio what years was that was that like 87 8 that was in the early 90s oh so i was back in the states i wonder why i just never heard them I never really was like introduced. Maybe that's when I was into heavier music. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I never was introduced to them. Came out in 92. And then, uh, then water came out in 93. Do you remember water being any good or did it come? It just didn't, you know, after lizard, I didn't have much interest, you know? Right. But, uh, that, that, their big boss hit bound single that love is on the way. That was a huge song on radio. Right, that was being that. played quite a bit. Let's give that a taste. This is it, right? Jason Beeler playing guitar though, right? I don't think I so. Think, no. Is it, is it? I don't think so. It looks sort of like him. I, I don't remember. Who was in that lineup? Yeah, you gotta look that up because I don't have any more screens. All right. <laughs> that uh, kind of looks like him, but I don't know. I, I I didn't know the band that well. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just knew the album. 
I'm interested that Matt Kramer thinks that he invented a vocal style here. Yeah, it sounds like know, pretty much everybody. This is this is um, they were in the same vein of, in my opinion, I, I kind of categorize them in the same vein as like every mother's nightmare. Yeah, they were out about that same time. Right. And that's what I was digging on was like every mother's nightmare and this okay. icon kick and that kind of stuff because I wasn't digging the whole Nirvana thing going on. Right. And I was still in the old. <laughs> <laughs> I said that was a big hit song is what I said. <laughs> I, I, I played this hostile youth song from the same album and that didn't okay. sound anything like like we'll this. Play, we'll play that in a second here. Yeah, but but regardless of that, mm-hmm. uh that's that's what I was into that bands who had that just hard rock vibe right. were still getting some attention even though Pearl Jam and uh Nirvana and Alice in Chains and all that was all dominating radio at the time. Right. And, but I was still kind of holding on to just the straight ahead hard rock. Sure. Uh, bands okay and like i said every mother's nightmare was still getting some radio play this saigon kick they they you know came on the scene and is this also uh, like when trickster and kick tracy and all that no those guys came in in the late part of the 80s okay into the early part of the 90s these guys came in after the after the grunge thing hit oh all right so they they were you know still getting some airplay they were the holdovers that the record companies had to release yeah let me see here formation the band was formed by leads vocalist matt kramer guitarist jason beeler you're correct along with the bassist tom defile and drummer phil verone they gained the following on local club scene and generated enough of the buzz to be signed to third stone records in 1990 their wow. debut album was released in 91 the band toured extensively but the album only made a marginal show of on the sales charts they went immediately back into the studio to record the second album the lizard which was released in 92 the album spawned the band's only hit single on billboard hot 100 in the u.s love is on the way which reached number 12 just before touring for the album uh, commence, bassist Tom Defile was fired. He was replaced with ex-Cold Sweat bassist Chris uh, McLearn. McLearn, yeah. Yeah. And in 1996, the Lizard reached sales above 500,000 and was certified gold, their only album to achieve the certification. Okay. All right. Let's hear a little of this. And what was the other song called? Hostile something? Hostile Youth. I will play a little bit more of this because I I don't even remember this song. I mean I do. I mean I've I've heard it. We've played it on this show, but I don't really know this song very well. So I hear a little more of this. Let's give it one more try. Is all their stuff like harmonized vocal like this? No, if you listen to Hostile right. Youth, it's way different. It's more of a hard, different. hard driving, you know, yeah, straight ahead rock song. That song's doing nothing for me. Let's see. Yeah, it's, it's a ballad. Hostile Youth. 
Let's see. That song, in yeah, fact, of course, it's they kind of remind me in a weird way, and certainly not musically but vocally of the dude that died from Blind Melon. Oh, uh, Shannon Hoon, Shannon Hoon, yeah. They well, they these kind of have kind of a Alice in Chains vibe to this, song. yeah, sort of grungy. That's why yeah. I always associated them with kind of like the beginning of alternative music. Maybe that's why I never listened to it. I just was like, eh, I'll just stick with Alice in Chains. I don't know. I just never really gave this much of a shot. Maybe I should yeah. listen to it. More. No, it, it was kind of like a one and done for the yeah. most part. You know, they, they kind of came and went. But, you know, at the time uh, when I was driving the truck and that's all we had to do was listening to music. Right. You know, that was like one of the ones we liked. You know, the album sure. was good. So as as somebody that was into this band, at least a little bit, yeah, is going out and celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of the album after this a waste of time? I, I think people are just going to go out to hear the hits. They're going to go out to hear this song, and they're going to hear this song, and they're going to hit lo hear "Love Is on the Way." And you think maybe that's why Matt Kramer's mad because they're going to play those songs? And uh, well, they said you know we're going to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary of Water and other saigon yeah. kick songs so they'll play five tunes from that water record that nobody's ever heard right and then they'll play this song and then they'll play that other song and yeah is there another song let's see here i'm gonna look at the old spotify and because i really do not know anything. well I, dude well, you know me i know i uh, seem to know a lot about all this stuff i mean this this was a flash in the pan type stuff you know yeah. All right. YouTube uh, has thrown me body bags. What? The song Body Bags by Saigon Kick. Yeah, that's that's also on the lizard. Is that, that a good that, one? That, that got more uh plays on the Spotify than Hostile Youth. It's got about a hundred thousand more plays. Well, let's check that one out. Oh, it has a video. Yeah. This, this, this was one I tried three different e hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This was one of those last bands that the that the record labels actually put money into and actually paid for music videos and stuff right. like that. You know, let's take a call real quick. Hail and Joe Collar, you're on the air. Matt Matt definitely has um a huge claim on this because I just looked at I've, I like that band, at least the first two records. And I just looked at the songwriting credits. That guy that guy, along with the guitar player Justin B or Bieber, is um, um, he wrote he wrote every song on the first record, and yes, he didn't write the the hit ballad, but he sure as hell wrote a lot on the lizard as well. So um, I can understand why he's upset. Well, they they all have a claim to being in the band. I mean, obviously Phil Verone is an original member, and so and- is Beeler. Dealer is an original member, so what 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 prevents them from going out and playing the music they they were a part of? Um, well, nothing obviously, but I can understand why he's upset that he he's probably upset because he's not part of it. Well, he left um, the, he left the band, and it was very an acrimonious split. And I think they've they have tried to get back together and. Uh, Kramer wants nothing to do with any of those guys, but yet he'll bitch about the fact that they want to continue playing those songs. Okay, I didn't realize there'd been other other reunion attempts. Yep, they've tried. Anyway. To, they've tried to put it, patch things up, and get together on a few occasions, and Kramer was having nothing to do with it. Yeah. All right. Hail and kill. Hail and kill. All right, beat it. There goes Tim, the music critic. Yeah, he is. All right, let's check out Body Bags. See what this is about. But I'll tell you what, the video blows with all the fucking motorcycle noise. <laughs> this this could have been a song on uh, Slave to the Grind. Yeah, it's a cool song, but yeah. I'd like to hear it instead of hearing the motorcycles the whole time. <laughs> Jesus, I get that you want to have a little revving up, but yeah. Boy, I, I, I had no idea that there was this much love for Saigon Kick. People are popping in song after song here that could be a hit. Come Take Me? You know that one? Uh, Colors? I don't know either of these. 
Just look them up. Hey, yeah, they were they were good, talented rock and band in the early part of the nineties. You know, they they weren't grunge, and they still kind of maintained just sort of that straight ahead hard rock sound. They, How they, did I just miss this band completely? I don't know because because it didn't last very long. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I'm just amazed that I really never heard this band ever. I don't remember ever hearing this band. <laughs> I mean, even Love Love Will Find a Way. I know that's the big hit, and I've heard it obviously, but I don't remember seeing it on MTV or hearing about it or nothing. Was it an MTV? Were they an MTV band or? Yeah, it was the last gasp of just straight ahead MTV videos before okay. they started getting into all the reality TV shows and shit like that. Right. So maybe I'd already checked out, but all right, let's try this one. Come take, do you know this song? Come take uh, me now. Not, I doesn't sound familiar right off the bat, but I'm, once I hear it, I'm probably going to, oh yeah, I know that one. All right. Let's see what this sounds like. Time. I'm dreaming it all away. I can't find the words to say, but somehow feel it so. Anything? No. No, I don't know this. Kind of reminds me of, again, Skid Row, Wasted Time or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> That's. But I'm going to go back to what Kramer said now about this, um, this, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, the vocal style. This sounds like every vocalist in that era. Yeah, there's nothing special about this. There's not some crazy. I mean, there's a lot of reverb on it. So anybody, yeah. you know, anybody who could sing halfway decent with reverb on, on their vocals, they could sound pretty damn good. Yeah. And this is, uh-huh. all right. I'm not even going to go further with this song. Let's try the other one that was recommended, Colors. Do you know that? Like I said, after Lizard, I was just, you know, didn't, didn't really hear much more after that. Well, here's Colors. I guess these are both first album records. God in those children. It's not love the answer. You cannot pretend your life is Such cutting edge vocals. I've never heard a style like that before. Jeez. Very unique. Yeah, very unique. Steve Perry has nothing on him. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so let me get back to that page here. Do, 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 do. So we we read Kramer's um 
Kramer's statement, I guess. His, his grievance. His grievance. Well, Jason Beeler, who obviously penned that um, that press release, also re responded to well, retort. Yeah, exactly. He definitely <laughs> retorted, and his retort is pretty fucking funny. All right. So earlier today, Friday, January twelfth, Beeler shared a carefully worded post on both the Saigon Kick and his personal Facebook pages in which he didn't mention Kramer by name, but made it clear that there was no truth to the singer's claims. All right. Maybe it's a new Marvel character called Super Victim. I know we are all looking forward to that on the big screen, Jason wrote. I hear the plot is about a guy who, no matter what happens or is shown to them, regardless of any facts, accepts no responsibility for anything in their own life or career. And somehow, even though they claim to be the most talented person in the room, never actually achieve anything of note in 35 years. Well, after Saigon Kick, <laughs> can you name anything that Kramer's done or has been a part of or no. stands out or anything? No. But let's be honest. Can you name anything that either the other two guys did of note? No. Just Saigon Kick. That's yeah, it. That was it. Um, even though they are ignored by nearly everyone and no one with firsthand knowledge ever says anything publicly to back them up, does our hero stop? Hell to the no. You have to admire someone banging their head on the wall for 35 years and blaming the wall. <laughs> I'm hoping he, he's played by Daniel Day-Lewis or Joaquin Phoenix. It will be their most challenging role to show no action, no achievements, no accomplishments, not one single bit of forward momentum, just an ever-present pouty pre-cry lower lip. I mean, how do you emote nothingness and have it translate to the big screen? <laughs> God damn, he's funny. Yeah. The climax Maybe a scene where our protagonist is in therapy and the doctor says, show me on the doll where the music industry hurt you. He continued, the darkest part of this movie is where our hero whips up a little online hate group with nothing to back it up for people with no firsthand knowledge other than his verbal diarrhea. We enter a dark time where all it takes is one deranged person to put someone or their friends or family at risk. Maybe we skip that part. I mean, that's how some of our heroes met an unfortunate end. And what sane person would put that energy in the universe? Maybe the movie ends with an anti-hero, the evil scumbaginator, coming into the room and saying... If you have an issue, real if you have an issue, a real man would deal directly with the people and attempt to correct it. Failing that, you should seek legal remedies, super victim. It's time for you to put up or shut up. We have hundreds of pages of facts, first wit first-hand witnesses, and everything corroborated, but we are not preteens on TikTok. We have never released or posted it. Then with a sympathetic look, the scumbaginator looks back and says, 
I hope you go on and do something truly great, super victim, and I wish you well. Surely someone would want to work with somebody so brilliantly influential, blameless, and upstanding. End scene. And it suddenly becomes apparent that the scumbaginator, not the bass player and the angry drummer, were the heroes all along. It's, it's like the sixth sense, but instead of dead people, our star has a complaint and would like to see the manager, like a male Karen or MK for short. <laughs> God damn, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> making he's making fun of him that's funny he's a saying, male karen he, or he's mk saying, he's saying mean things <laughs> because male karen and matt kramer is the same well episode. you're assuming that they're that he's talking about matt kramer <laughs> i think he's talking about a script he's working on uh, is that what it is that's what i think well you know if if you believe what's available out there online Mm -hmm. during the recording session for water uh matt up and left the band he just up and left he just took quit. off he quit yeah so they decided verone and and uh and beeler just decide to finish the record and record it finish it go out and tour you know what, yeah. what are you gonna do are you just gonna stop everything because one guy gets in a hissy fit i'm leaving yeah i don't know Screw this, guys. I'm going home. That's right. And I'm going to play a song. I'm going to play the song Water. I just want to hear if the vocal is like this direct ripoff that he's saying it is. Oh, it's this, this extraordinarily developed vocal. Yeah, this, this straight ripoff of uh, Matt Kramer's vocal style. Let's see here. Present. Share screen. Here we go. That is boring. Should Donnie V be suing them for <laughs> style? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um I mean it sounds like enough's enough, doesn't it? Sorta, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean they all sound sort of the same. That's the whole Yeah, there's I don't understand this Matt Kramer. Out, there's nothing stand out about that. I mean, it's not like that they're Peter Satera or 
you know, uh, or Stephen Piercy. I mean, it doesn't Stephen have to be Piercy a... or Steve, Steve Perry or yeah. any one of these guys who have a very signature sound. Yeah. There's this sounds like every vocalist in 1990 that was still hanging on to this style. You know, I, I, I don't hear any difference between this and anybody else that was doing this. Nope. I don't know what Matt Kramer's talking about that. He, he, created this vocal style what what you created from i mean here I'll, I'll have you pull something up here all right um pull up every mother's nightmare uh walls come down see if that doesn't sound very similar to the same style of vocal Let's see. God damn, YouTube has really fired up the commercials these days, haven't they? <laughs> you don't have ad block? Oh, I don't I'm I'm not on my account that usually oh. does. Oh. My God. Every video. Pretty similar. <laughs> Saigon kick, right? Saigon kick ripped them off. That's what I'm saying. So, so this was all in the same time frame for me, right? And this is what I was listening to because this was what was available yeah. at the time. You know, that wasn't the for Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, all that shit going on at that time. Yeah, it all sounds pretty similar to it's, me. It's very similar. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Matt Kramer's talking about. I mean, could, could you tell the difference between Kramer, Beeler, and, and our good friend uh, Rick Rule? Rick Rule. No, Rick it's Rule. all it's very similar. Yeah, I don't know what Kramer's talking about here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rick was probably going for that. Yeah, there. well, that's what was happening. Yeah, you no, know, that's what the record label wanted. So mm -hmm. you know, we we talked to Rick about this yeah and you know granted from what uh from what every mother's nightmare has released recently with say within the last 10 years mm -hmm. we asked rick did did you is was this your style was this your songs was this the image that you were going for or was it what the record label said that they wanted to hear from you and he said oh yeah it was definitely the record label yeah. You know, they, they wanted us to assimilate to Skid Row or, 
you know, whatever it was. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what the record labels did. They, they signed bands that were very similar to to what was hot at the moment. Mm -hmm. Phil, that's not nice. Come on. That's not very nice. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, every mother's nightmare fan. I, I, I like, uh, I like Rick personally as a, as a person. Yeah, he's 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 a nice guy. He's a nice guy, and I I just like you know they've never been a big band. They're just sort of like a underground, you know, kind of like a third tier, mm-hmm. whatever. But but I've always dug Every Mother's Nightmare. I like sure. their kind of their bluesy whatever, yeah. and and that's what I dug about them. They were just sort of like a gritty, just rock band. Tell you what, their profile went away. Yeah, with, with Bill Shavis. They were coming back like they were, they were raising up and then Bill Shavis passed away. And have you heard one word about every mother's nightmare since you gotta, Bill Shavis? You gotta get somebody to work, work your record yeah. for you and get you, you know, get, get you some, uh, uh, mm-hmm. raise your profile a little bit. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, Shavis kept them in our, in our face. He was always doing something with them, whether it was a single or an album or a tour or I, I'll be as Bill died. What? Two years ago. Yeah, Two Almost years ago. Two yep. years ago. Yep. And I'm telling you, I don't think I've heard one thing that every mother's nightmare is doing. since. And, and I think, I think Rick has some issues too. I, I'm not going to say that I know anything for sure, sure but sure. I, I think we have our suspicions. Well, we've, we definitely saw a video where we were both like, Ooh, what happened? We definitely questioned it when we saw the video where he looked uh, all strung so, out. But. Yeah. So, you know, but, but again, you know, going back 30 years now mm-hmm. for me personally, I, I've been a fan. Sure. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, they sound okay. I don't, yeah. I'm not a, what was the, al- what was another single that they did, but like later in their career, didn't they have like an album that you liked, but it was oh, like yeah. well after it was yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. The, a few so, years ago, they, they had, um, like on Paris records or yeah, something. It was on Paris records. It was, it was uh Delta voodoo. Yeah. What was the song on that one? Let's see here. I'll tell you here in a second. Every mother's nightmare. Here we go. It is uh, Smoke and Delta Voodoo, and the name of the song is just called Push. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. All right, let's try that one. Well, there's an official video from Bill Shavis six years ago. Yeah, as they re-released the song. Right. Let's check it out. Now, if I told you that this is the same guy whose video we just watched before, you'd never believe that. Well, I mean, he's had some wear and tear on him. (laughs) He went from being Sebastian Bach to fucking pumping gas. Yeah, he's he's a good old country boy from Memphis, Tennessee. It looks like he came out from under the car to fucking play the show. His name is Cooter in real life. Hey, boy, (laughs) you need me to change your oil or play a song? Which would you like? Well, he was a, he was a, you know, he was a, a, a pretty boy. He was a glammed up pretty boy. Yeah. 
uh, in the MTV videos. Yeah. Now he looks like a, a drawn cover from an Aerosmith album. That Sanity, what was that name of that that album? The the live record from a Little South of Sanity or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the guy pumping the gas on that. Yeah. On that cover. <laughs> all right, here we go. This could have been Fiori's for all we know. Yeah, it could have been. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think there was this many people at Fiori's though. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. I mean, there might be some truth to there that. There probably is some truth yeah, to I that, mean, but the, come on. How many bears do pay for these type of acts? Fuck yeah. And them and Tora Tora, that does sound like a county fair. Sure, absolutely. You know, that sounds like the kind yeah, of band they that you put can. on their walking shoes and That's go right. to the county fair. <laughs> it's another band that I don't know anything about. Tora Tora. Yeah. I know nothing of them. Same with Danger Danger, if you want to be really honest. And all these bands sound kind of the same. Oh, they they fell into that third tier yeah. in the late 80s and to the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the uh, Every Mother's Nightmare uh, release came out in 90. Torah. You know? So that was, you know, that was their breakthrough album. Right. And, uh, you know... Uh, um, Rick was uh, was looking. What is this? Oh, this is Tora, walking, Tora, walking shoes. shoes. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Go yeah, ahead. He he, he, uh, he was a very you know glammed out eighties looking mm-hmm. rocker guy. Yeah. Well, he sure changed that. Well, and they all did. I mean, none of these guys looked that way. Few of them do. Sebastian yeah, still it, does. It was, uh, it was just to sell the sell the video. You know, yeah. the song on the video. Yeah. I mean, a couple that do, and it's almost silly looking like Sebastian or some of the Phil Lewis looks are kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate Phil. <laughs> All right, let's see this walking shoes. I know this song, but was this a big hit? It was a, well, it was their big boss hit Mount single. <laughs> I, I get that it was their big hit, but was it a big hit? For the last gasp of that era, I, I would imagine it would be. All right. I just don't remember this. Be- I know the song, but I just don't remember it being like on the radio all the time or something. 
This would have been the same time as like Motley Crue, well, this Dr. Like, Feelgood, right? Yeah, well, uh, well, this this all was also about the same time that uh, Kicks finally broke through with, right. with uh, Don't Close Your Eyes and right. things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, let's give this a, a spin. <laughs> Ironically, that's still the same stage that they play today. Same size. <laughs> a postage stamp. <laughs> now, why does everybody say this band sounds like Van Halen? This sounds nothing like Van Halen. I've heard that for years that Tora Tora was like a Van Halen clone. I don't hear that at all. That's what I heard about the Bullet Boys. I hear more of it from the Bullet Boys than I do from this. Yeah. The Bullet Boys sort of had that david lee roth swagger thing yeah because mark torian was ripping off the whole david lee roth look and you know stage yeah. stage antics i guess and he didn't sing in key either so it fit <laughs> you know so yeah i don't know this doesn't sound like van halen to me at all but all right, let's hear a little more of this There's nothing Van Halen about that. It's <laughs> like Van Halen to me. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm like, what is that? That doesn't sound like Van Halen. <laughs> all right. Well, um, well, pull up, pull up uh, the big boss hot hit bounce single for every mother's nightmare. Love can make you blind. Yeah, that, that's a crappy ballad, right? Well, regardless if you like it or not, I'm just looking at the video here because this is when they're all, you know, after 90 which you know obviously that uh that style is not a style right but but they continued you know pushing that because this was the last again the last gasp right they kept doing it yep
Kramer? Man, that, that sound is cutting it. Oh, it's not Matt Kramer. That was kind of my point. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's why I wanted you to play this. Yeah, look at that. I must have it must be mislabeled. <laughs> but, but look at look at Rick how how dolled up oh, he is, man. Yeah. I wonder if he's embarrassed by this stuff. Well, I, again, I've talked to him about it. It's just like so so was this your idea or what he goes, No, dude, the, the record label directed everything. Yeah. The, the from the look to the sound to the image to you know, we got we gotta sell the record, man. We gotta get you on MTV. We gotta we gotta you know, do what whatever it is popular. You know, mm-hmm. and again, we're we're competing against the Sebastian Box, the Skid Row, and you right. know that's that's what was happening. Yeah, that's just. Right, I'll play a little more of this. Here we go. Let me cry and then I Maybe I'll have to go back and listen to that lizard. This seems pretty good. <laughs> but you see, this this was out and popular right about the same time as Junkyard with their symbol man. Yeah. Similar, very similar delivery. Mm-hmm. Except that was a good song and this well, is not. Yeah, I'm just I'm just talking about the style. Yeah. Do you like this song? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you do know, you? All right. Yeah, it was just uh it was just uh, radio hit you know i heard a lot of it i heard it all the time i i heard it mostly on the bl- the the blitz out of uh columbus ohio just sing this to your chick at some point oh no. and i i used <laughs> to hear it on the blaze here in chicago because this is when i was still driving the truck so i would right. hear it from different cities and they played the shit out of this song okay yeah i'll stick with the real skid row thank you <laughs> But that's what the record labels were after. They were after the copy bands. Yeah, well, they found it with these. Yep. So. All right, well, there you have it. Um, I guess if you want to go see um, Saigon Kick without, with a mimicking um, actor, Jason Beeler, mimicking yeah. Matt Kramer. Right. I guess you can go see that. That's what it, that's what it seems like is, um, you know. Kramer's being ripped off, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sucks, man. Yeah, don't I I don't have anything for any of these guys involved. Yeah, I'm not I'm not supporting these people. Fucking posers stealing my identity and my money and my gear. I get it that he's still pissed off if all that did happen, but why didn't he sue him? Cuz he quit. After 35 years, I mean, but even, even if he quit, you know, and I know that there's, there's more frivolous lawsuits that have been filed than that. Right. 
You know, I mean, if, if he really believes what he's spewing on Facebook, wouldn't there have been some lawsuit at some point? You would think. Somewhere in there he's got to know that he won't win, which is which is probably why there hasn't been a lawsuit. Now, I, again, I don't know. I don't know. As I'm proving here tonight, I know nothing about this. Well, band. again, what are you fighting over? It's not, yeah. like, it's not like they made generated millions of dollars. Well, according to him, he's, he had hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen. I don't think that's the case. Well, that's what he said. Those, those that's guys his did, words. Those guys did not make that kind of money. I don't think so either, but uh, where did he say? He said, uh, you know, Jason funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars of my personal publishing money. Right. You know, hundreds of thousands. Ooze. Okay. <laughs> yeah true that is true all right i say we take a break how right. many songs you need two three or all four uh three three all right we'll, we'll play a few songs we'll come back wrap up the show so since we're talking about every mother's nightmare okay i will i'm going to play one from their second release from 1993 wake up screaming okay and this is the house of pain exclusively here on your classic metal show in the ever-evolving world of music, artists need to reach their audience faster than ever before. Introducing Too Immersive For You, the Emmy-nominated pioneers in viewership experience. We've revolutionized the way music artists share their material with the world. Our groundbreaking AI engine generates stunning visuals that bring your music to life. Imagine having your own personalized music video perfectly synchronized to your unique sound in a matter of hours, not weeks. With Too Immersive For You, it's now a reality. Get ready to unlock a new dimension of music visualization. Too Immersive For You, where music needs immersive visuals. Contact us now to discover how Too Immersive For You can elevate your music to new heights. www.musicvideoai.net the Classic Metal Show now has all of our videos on Spotify. Simply look up and subscribe to the CMS Network on Spotify, and you'll get the audio and video podcasts each day from The Classic Metal Show. It's never been easier to listen to Neely and Chris, so simply open Spotify, subscribe to the CMS Network, and enjoy The Classic Metal Show every single day. Hail and kill. 